Hello, Tea Crew, and welcome to a brand new episode of Tea Talk with Sha. Today, we're going to be talking about all the hot topics all over social media and the internet, and we're also going to be doing a deep dive into relationship content. You're not going to want to miss this episode. Stay tuned. All right, Tea Crew, so as per usual, the tea is ready to serve, so let's get right into it. So first, the Billboard Music Awards recap, or the BMAs, happened last night. Um, Diddy was the host, and he also performed at the award show. So there was a lot that was going on. Diddy had multiple um, wardrobe changes. He had a little fedora moment. He had an all black moment. He had an all white moment. He walked the carpet with his carbon copy, his twin, um, Christian Combs. And he also walked the carpet with his beautiful twins, Delilah and Jesse and his daughter chance. So he had some of his kids, um, there supporting him. He just, I think he did a good job hosting. Um, and he also, also kind of shook up some rumors that he um, confirmed the relationship between him and Carisha. So, you know, him and Carisha have been going back and forth for months now. She says she's single, but wherever she is, Diddy is not that far behind. He was there supporting her at Coachella, just, you know, different events. People have noticed them out. You know, they went on a vacation together. So, I mean, it's pretty clear that something's going on, but neither one of them want to talk about it. Well, you know, Carisha put out a single by herself, a little, you know, two minute thing, uh, rap freaks, uh, earlier this year. And in the line, you know, she talks about how Diddy said he woke up all those roaches on his face and then she put him to bed like Buenas Noches. (laughs) Well, Diddy said that it's Carisha that be falling out Buenas Noches. So I don't know. It might've been just a little jokey joke that he was hosting, but I was like, I don't, I don't know, love. I don't know. Diddy love Combs. I don't know if that was a joke or if he was trying to let us know, like, this is my girl or whatever. Anyway, moments after the city girls came out, this next, uh, major event in the award show happened. JT had a wardrobe malfunction. So Carisha and JT come out. JT has on this beautiful um, sterling silver type dress with fanning all over the hip area. And it looks like some of it was a little bit too high. Um, JT did take to, uh, to Twitter and tell everyone that, um, she had on black underwear and that it wasn't a wardrobe malfunction, but you know how crazy people are. So there was of course a million pictures being taken at the event. And in some of the pictures, people are saying, it looks like the underwear aren't covering everything, et cetera, et cetera. I'll get the point. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, she says that it was covered. People were saying that it wasn't. It was just a lot. I just wish the dress had literally a half an inch more of fabric just to fully cover her because otherwise I really liked the piece. Uh, Carisha had on um, an orange, like uh, kind of had ruching, but it wasn't exact. I like how they, they're ne- they're usually, they can either be matchy matchy or they'll have something that kind of goes together and like complements each other, but they're not always wearing the same thing, which is nice because they're two separate people and they have a different, you know, it's Carisha and JT, not always the city girls. So yeah, that happened. Um, and then Doja Cat won for 
best female R&B artist and best R&B album. Now this shook the table a lot because Doja Cat is usually known as a pop artist, but whenever she's included in the rap category or an R&B category, people get kind of like annoyed with the fact that she's winning when they feel like she's actually indeed a pop artist. Um, I don't know. I think that it kind of can go both ways. The thing is that Billboard is the one who is putting the categories together and anyone who's nominated in that category can win. So when she keeps getting all these nominations for R&B and for rap and for other categories that people don't think that she should be in, if she wins these categories, you know, she's been nominated so she has opportunity to win so my thing is it's not like doja cat is giving these awards to herself or even asking them what category that her music should be going into when you um submit your music and for billboard it's not even like grammys or oscars or whatever you're not submitting anything they're going off the billboard sales um and so and when they're putting her in these different categories, that's something that Billboard is doing. So I really don't know if you can blame Doja for that. But Summer Walker's boyfriend, Larry, took it personally. And he went ahead and called Doja Cat White. He was like, the reason why she won the R&B categories over Summer Walker is because she's white. Now, I'm about to tell a hard truth. And y'all gonna be mad. But I gotta I gotta give my opinion. This is Tea Talk with Sha. Gotta give my opinion. I do not think that Still Over It was that great of an album. I just don't. Over It by Summer Walker is still to this day one of my favorite albums of all time. It was so good. I just couldn't get enough of it. Still Over It just did not do it for me. And it also didn't sell like Doja Cat's album Planet Her. So when it comes down to it, it's if it didn't sell as well as the album that won, that's the criteria. Now, whether or not it should even be in the R&B category is something else that they have to take up with Billboard, what music you would consider to be R&B and what music you would consider to be pop. That's two different things. But to say Planet Her didn't sell is crazy. And to also say Doja Cat is white is also crazy because she's not. <laughs> she's biracial. And whenever something positive happens, we want to claim biracial people. Oh, they black. They black. One drop makes them black. But as soon as you have an issue with somebody oh they're white oh it's that's her white side they'll take her because she's white so i really don't like that larry larry whatever your name is i don't know why you spell it differently it's, it bothers me i'm sorry y'all <laughs> has something ever like tweaked your little nerve her, him not spelling his name like larry it really bothers me you know what i mean just spell it like larry like summer calls him larry i don't understand why it's like spelled a weird way Anyway, tangent over. Sorry, I had to just get that out. <laughs> like, spell it the way that you pronounce it. Because that is how people speak. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I can't. Is this going to be an off the rails episode again? Oh my God. What is going on here? Um, yeah, so I just don't like that little, like, oh, she's white now because you're mad about the situation. Like, you wanted your girlfriend to win, and we all understand that. I believe that Summer Walker is the superior artist, especially when it comes to R&B. You know, I believe that if, if it's a category of R&B, I think that Summer Walker should win all day. But do I think that that album was better than Planet Her? I just don't. And I think that, that was the line in the sand there. All right, and then the last portion from the Billboard Music Awards, Baby Stormy 
um, stormed the carpet with her parents, uh, Travis Scott and Kylie Jenner, looking cute and stealing the show in her little silver mini dress and sneakers. And then Junie also stole the show when she came out and performed with her mom, Tiana Taylor, and Diddy when they did Tell Me What You Want um the cover that total the total cover that she did with christian combs it was really really cute junie was doing her little tiktok moves shutting down the main stage with her mom and diddy um it was just really adorable we love to see it all right let's move on to the next topic so last week um after i had recorded the show uh, Danny Lee had sat down with Angie Martinez and it finally aired to the public. So we were able to see the entire interview and all the things that they talked about. Now in this interview with Angie Martinez, Danny Lee goes into the entire debacle with the baby that we talked about, um, in a past episode. So for those of you that didn't catch that episode, Danny Lee and the baby had a situation. They were both going on live back to back. They were calling the cops. It was basically a breakup, um, that the world got to watch on Instagram live. Um, the baby alleged that Danny had assaulted him and that she was threatening him. Danny said he tried to kick her and the baby out at 3 a.m. and all this stuff. And they went back and forth. And this is actually why the bowling alley brawl happened because of the events that happened between Danny Lee and the baby on that night. Um, so moving forward here, Danny Lee just talks about everything. She talks about she had never been in a situation like that, how scary it was, how she really realized at that moment that she had to pull herself together for her daughter and, you know, get things in her name, get her own place, et cetera, et cetera, and move on from the situation. She also, she also talks about new music that she's putting out. Um, that kind of details her experience. She talks about getting a new home that she later showed off. I think this weekend that she did end up signing for her new home and she's moving in. Um, and she also talked about the yellow bone song. So the yellow bone controversy happened before the breakup, obviously. And it was a song where she was talking about how a yellow bone is what he wants. So for those that don't know, a yellow bone is a term for a light skinned woman. Right. So she was saying that a yellow bone is what he wants. Now, at the time, she's dating the baby who has children with a brown skinned woman um, named Mimi. So because she has, you know, he had children with her and they've been going back and forth on and off all this time. Um, people took that as a direct hit to Mimi that they're saying the baby wants a light skinned woman, not a brown skinned woman like the woman that he had children with. So it was a whole thing. Um, Danny Lee says, you know, while she never released the song, it was just like a snippet of the song that she put on Instagram. She thought it was really dumb. You know, looking back, she says she would have never put out something like that, especially, you know, having a brown daughter. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, I mean, she didn't have her daughter at that point, but I'm just like, you know, putting out a song like yellow bone is what you want. And then having a daughter with a medium skin tone that is not as light as your skin tone. It just starts to probably put things in perspective for her. But I honestly feel like, like I said on our Instagram page, 
you know, I have nothing against Danny Lee. I don't think that domestic violence is right in any capacity. So I'm glad she's speaking out about that and putting music out and doing whatever she needs to do for that. But at the same time, I really think that this whole situation and the apology and all that, it wouldn't be happening if her and the baby were still together. I think if they were still together, she would have stood on that. Um, as saying that that's his preference and that's what he wants or whatever, whatever, whatever excuses people are using for colorism these days. Um, and I don't think it's her karma that that happened to her, but at the same time, it's just like, I get that she's apologizing. I get that she's remorseful, but I honestly think that all that came from the fact that now she can't get away from all these negative comments and the things that happened to her because of the fact that she broke up with the baby. So you know, wishing Gunny Lee all the best and congrats on her new home. I d- will agree with the baby on the point that she should have put this music out earlier. Like, why you're putting this music out now? I'm just like, girl, this happened so long ago. Like, if she would have had this single out the week after all this happened, I bet it would have like really, really taken off. Now I'm just like, eh, you know, it's a lukewarm topic. Some people may care. Some people, you know, probably don't, but I know it takes time to get music out and she probably had to get herself together, but I would have put that thing out the next week, girl. It's all about the, it's all about using what you got to get what you want, right? Embarrassed publicly, you both are on live fighting, showing your tails, basically. This is all something that one day your daughter can go back and watch. So if you put that much on the line, you you should have had that single out. You should have had an album out, at least the EP, six tracks or something within the week after or two weeks after maximum, maximum two weeks to really, you know, let people in on your side of the story. This, this interview and music coming out three or four months later. Oh girl. All right. Anyway, (laughs) let's go to the next topic. Jocelyn's cabaret reunion. Well, let's just call a spade a spade. Jocelyn's cabaret, especially the reunion was a mess. I mean, yes, it's entertaining. Yes, it's Ratchet TV. Yes, we all, you know, like to watch it. Let's face it. Everyone says they would never pay $5.99. Y'all paying $5.99. I know you are because I am. <laughs> so we we watch it. We are watching it. We are entertaining it. But this reunion especially, I mean, there were two questions asked during the entire reunion. They hired Brittany Renner to be the guest host. She never got to interview any of the ladies or even like get into the individual beefs that they all had. Janisha at one point almost got into it with um, Jocelyn because they couldn't see eye to eye on her not responding to every single comment and actually getting into the questions. It was just insane. They had to stop every single time they started for fighting. I couldn't even count the number of fights. It was like Kid Capri and Lollipop fought. Diamond and Raven fought Amber. And Lollipop tried to jump into that. It was basically the girls that are on tour with Jocelyn versus everybody else. Um, Hennessy fought, I think, Raven and Diamond at some point. Amber tried to pull up on Jocelyn and I guess she pushed her or she got a hit in. I couldn't really see. It looked like that she just pushed her and then she was drugged on the floor by Jocelyn, security, ballistic. I mean, you could really see how everyone did kind of gang up on Amber, but because Amber ran at Jocelyn, I don't know what is the fate of her lawsuit is going to be. 
Um, you know, we covered a few weeks ago that Amber is filing a lawsuit against Jocelyn, Zeus, Ballistics, and basically everyone who was involved with the reunion planning and all that, um, because she feels like she was jumped and attacked at the reunion. But in the video, as I guess Jocelyn was saying, and the Zeus producers were saying, it does kind of look like Amber is the aggressor. She tries many times to get at Jocelyn. And I really feel like for a claim of jumping and, you know, group assault, I guess you could call it, if you're going to call it something in the legal world, a group assault. (laughs) Um, if that's something that she's claiming, I really feel like her kind of running up to Jocelyn and like, all you know, being that person to stand up first. I don't know if that is going to really work in her favor, but you never know. I mean, it was just a mess. Like it was really a mess and it really just makes me feel like, are they going to allow these people to fight so often that they can't even get the content? I mean, this was a two-part reunion that basically just ended in no resolution. Nobody got to talk. Nobody got to really revisit moments from um, the season. It was literally just fight after fight after fight uh, with Jocelyn being included. Like she just didn't care at that point. She thought, you know, people had been talking about her daughter, talking about the tour, just talking about the girls who made the tour and everybody basically came there ready to fight except for Lexi Blow, uh, Wet Wet, uh, Gaia, Riri, Jordan, actually everybody didn't come to fight. Cause that's at least five people <laughs> that were literally just sitting on the couch looking around, which is also such a waste. Like they rented out a beautiful studio. They had couches, they had a guest host, they had everything ready for a reunion. And it literally just nothing materialized, nothing happened. And it, I don't know. It's just such a waste. I'm like, this is what happens when you let people just fight like animals. Like you let them just fight and wild out. And then when it's time to actually do something, they cannot control themselves at all. I mean, Kid Capri was openly threatening Ballistic and Beyonce, uh, Beyonce, (laughs) Ballistic and Jocelyn at the reunion. And it wasn't even edited out. I'm like, this is insane. Um, All right. So let's get to the next topic. The YSL Rico case. So last week, um, Young Thug and Gunna and many others were um, arrested for a Rico case, a racketeering case brought about by the FBI. Um, And apparently this stems from the 2015 shooting on Lil Wayne's tour bus. Uh, somehow they didn't really tell us the connection, but apparently they've been building the case since then. And, uh, they feel like they have strong evidence against, uh, young thug and gunna. They both turned themselves in and they're both still in custody. So we will give you updates to this as we get them, but it looks like something very serious. So, you know, hoping that everything, uh, works out for them. And, you know, if they're able to prove their innocence, that they can do that. I don't really have many details about the situation or specifically what happened, but I know when the feds take seven years to build a case, they're not coming to just arrest you, arrest you and throw you back out there that they actually really have evidence that something went on. So praying for the families that's what i'm praying for and our thoughts go out to them because you have somebody who's making the majority of the money go to prison it it just changes everything i know they both have children and so that's who i'm thinking of um 
All right, let's get into the next topic here. Keisha Cole and Antonio Brown, aka AB, are in a somewhat relationship <laughs> that they have confirmed online. So Keisha Cole basically went out and said, you know, I miss you. I've been thinking about you and started posting pictures of her and Antonio Brown. Now we posted on the Instagram, the two did a collab. Um, you know, Antonio Brown has left football and now he is doing music and he's also working with Kanye on his, um, Yeezy sports, um, division that he's building up. So he's, he's got multiple jobs at this point. Keisha Cole, I guess, like what she saw during the music creation and their music video. And apparently now the two are dating. It looks like she got some type of AB tattoo on her back, but AB says that he's still pimping and that, you know, he's, he's basically a single man. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know about these two. I mean, somebody made a comment and said, you know, why can't they just let Keisha Cole and AB be happy? Why do people always have to kind of make comments about Keisha Cole and what she does and how she can't seem to find like a stable relationship? And Keisha went on to say, you know, I'm used to it. You know, we appreciate the people that support us, but we understand everybody's not going to, and that's okay. I mean, I don't know if it even comes from like a place of support or if it just seems like both of them are kind of all over the place. So people are afraid that it could be a train wreck. I mean, I really just thought this was just promotion for the single and their collab together. I didn't really even think that they were together, but it looks like they are. Um, you know, that's cool. I mean, <laughs> Keisha has two beautiful sons already. I don't know how many kids AB has, but he just was engaged to his kid's mom not too long ago after they had a domestic issue. Um, you know, and now he's single and back on the market or whatever. I, I don't know, you know, wishing them the best of luck. Does it seem like the most stable relationship? No, but we've been surprised before by people that we never thought would last. So it is what it is, you know, best of luck to both of you. I say when it comes to matters of the heart and being in relationships, let people pick their own poison. Don't try to get involved with matchmaking because who you think might go together oftentimes will not, or if they do, they may not stay together. People, the oddest matches of people can sometimes make it work and you'd have no idea. You know what I mean? Like that's just kind of how life works, you know? All right, everyone, this has been our trending topics for the week. Please stay tuned for our sports report. Hello, hello, hello out there and welcome to the sports update with J-Rob. Today, I will be covering the NBA, so let's get started. Recently, the NBA has just announced their 2021-2022 award winners, and they are as follows. The most improved player is John Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies. The sixth man of the year is Tyler Hero of the Miami Heat. The Defensive Player of the Year is Marcus Smart of the Boston Celtics. The Most Valuable Player is Nikola Jokic of the Denver Nuggets. The Rookie of the Year is Scotty Barnes from the Toronto Raptors. 
and the coach of the year is Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns. The NBA playoffs has just reached the conference finals round and the matchups are as follows. In the Eastern Conference Finals, the Miami Heat will play the Boston Celtics. And in the Western Conference Finals, the Golden State Warriors will play the Dallas Mavericks. And this has been the Sports Update with J-Rob. Have an amazing week. All right, T-Crew, so let's get into my favorite segment of the podcast, The Deep Dive. And today we're going to be talking about relationship content. Um, Now, in the past, we talked about family channels and, you know, how they can be exploitative and different things like that. But we never got a chance to talk about um, couple channels and relationship content. So we're going to get into that today. Now, personally, I love couples content. I use it for date ideas, couples outfits, and just as pure entertainment, but looking deeper into what relationship content actually is, it dawned on me that it can have a darker side. And one of the things that kind of can be dark or toxic about, um, relationship content is the perfection. Um, The perfection aspect is always in it. They're happy, smiling couples on gorgeous dates and beautiful outfits, or even if they're not dressed up, it's always this kind of running theme of we're completely in love. There's nothing wrong with our relationship. Everything over here is sunshine and daisies. Um, But that's not, of course, the real life case. And this can make people feel insecure in their own relationships or insecure about being single or just generally not feeling great about where they are in their life and their relationship. So that kind of aspect of perfection and how a lot of them, I would say like 80% of them aren't really realistic to what it's like to be in a real relationship. A lot of them are just so, you know, fake and, and phony in that way that it's like, okay, of course you're going to post the good things to Instagram and to Facebook and to whatever else. But at the same time, it's like, can we get a little bit of realism? Um, they don't, you don't really get that from this kind of content. Also exploiting private events for likes and views. I mean, we have seen people do gender reveals. We've seen people do sonograms. We've seen people actually give birth on some of these couple channels. Uh, we've seen them have engagements. We've seen them have their weddings. We list everything possible that could be something private to a couple is now public for the world to see. And it's like, okay, you know, because it's your relationship, but at the same time, it's your job. It can be kind of um, a blurred line there for some people that it's like, this is our job, but it's also our relationship, but it's also the way that we make income to survive. So we have to make sure that we're doing and having these life events in a way that they can be filmed um, broken down into bite-sized pieces and then monetized. And it's just like, you know, which is great for some things. I know we all like to see 
gender reveal videos, wedding videos, baby videos, all this good stuff. But at the same time, is it at the expense of actually living your life, being in the moment and getting a chance to feel these moments versus just making them look good on film? Um, and then also it's just like staging for likes and views. I mean, so many morning routines. I'm just like, there's no way you wake up looking that gorgeous, first of all. And then second of all, it's like, even if you do wake up, so you have to re-wake up, set up the camera, fake wake up, pretend to do this, pretend to do that. And then, you know, make your coffee or whatever else you're going to do in the morning routine. And it's, it just gets to the level of like, We all know this isn't something that's authentic, but we all kind of enjoy looking at it. Um, And so because we enjoy consuming it and then being creators, they're just going to create more content because of the content that we already like to consume. So they're just like, oh, people like to watch this. This is what we're going to do every week. We're going to have a different type of, you know, morning activity or we'll pretend to wake up and make each other breakfast and all this stuff or the vacation ones. And we just like a day in our life and vacation and whatever. So I mean, you really can't fault them if people are going to continue to watch it. But it's just like, again, with the whole living versus living to be filmed are you really enjoying the vacation or are you enjoying that you're going to be able to make a ton of new content get new likes get new shares get new follows and then be able to go on more vacations because you're going to make money from that um so it kind of just i don't know if it takes away from the experience but it definitely changes um the experience. And then you have couples that are basically, you know, on the brink of breaking up, not even fully together anymore, but they're staying together for the sake of their brand. You know, we'll see these big couples break up and they'll be like, yeah, things haven't been, you know, what it was in the beginning for a while now, but we have a couples channel. And so now we're staying together just for the sake of our brand and the fact that separate, we're not as strong as we are together. Um, which is just terrible for a number of reasons. I mean, you have to live authentically, at least to the point of being in relationships that actually serve you. Now you're sitting here in a relationship that doesn't serve you. That's not real. You're literally just planning content. So at that point, you're just in a, you're an actor and your partner has become your castmate <laughs> and you guys are just pretending for the world to have this spectacular life to basically continue to live your life so that you don't lose your source of income. I just feel like that in itself is just something that's almost unexplainable because it's just so bad. It's like, how could you do that to yourself to not even be happy with your partner, but just in it for the sake of likes views and the fact that that's your job now I mean oof. so I was able to talk to small groups here um, a small group of women and a small group of men and the women basically said they don't find it to be um, toxic they find that this is content that yes it can be staged at times it can be you know kind of fabricated but it's also lighthearted, entertaining and fun to watch certain couples and their chemistry together which is something that you really can't 
plan or whatever, you know, I mean, a lot of them really do have a nice chemistry that's comforting and warm and funny, you know, the different personalities that people have in these couples and that that's what also makes the content entertaining. And, you know, just asking them also, does this change um, the way you view dating? Does this alter your dating expectations? And these women were basically telling me, you know, no, you know, some things that work for them may not work for me and that's fine, but I don't think it changes like what I really want. Some of the things I would put on my bucket list um, from these creators, like some of them can really cook. Some of them are really handy in the household. Some of them are really just great with the kids. Like these are just things that you kind of see in these, um, these videos and you think to yourself, okay, you know, that, that'd be nice to have, but it doesn't change my expectations. So for that reason, I was like, okay, so this content is affecting those that date, but it's not affecting them in a really negative way. So then I talked to the men in the, in a small group. And I just keep mentioning that it's a small group because I didn't go out and do all this like field research among many people. I just asked um, some of the people that I talked to uh, on a daily basis to get this information. So don't think I did some type of clinical study or anything. Um, but the men that I asked that, you know, they, they like it. And some of it is funny, you know, because of the same thing that the women said, because of some of the characteristics and um, some of the personalities of the people. But some of them also, said that they feel like it does kind of set up this fake um perfection narrative uh one of them even said to me you know the pressure when planning a date nowadays is kind of astronomical because now you have instagram you have tiktok you have twitter where people are literally putting on these amazing first dates and you want to make a good impression you want to put your best foot forward but um sometimes you just don't have the ideas you don't have the creativity or sometimes you don't have the funds i mean these dates and stuff are very expensive or they can be um to try to model your dating life after some of these creators who are pulling in Forty, sixty, eighty thousand dollars a month in just their residuals. So it's really hard <laughs> to compare yourself in that way. Um, and so because it's so hard to compare yourself in that way, it's just like they feel, you know, a little bit intimidated to really get into that dating space at times because it has become such a performance and such a show when it comes to really telling someone or, or making someone understand that you like them and you have an intention to want to date them and get to know them better. It's like, that's not good enough anymore. You have to have a horse-drawn carriage, a helicopter, a photo shoot, waiting at the door with a new Louis Vuitton pouch. And it's like, you know, it kind of sets the, the standards very high for those people who feel like, yeah, I'm, I'm watching this on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok. And I think I deserve these things. Like, why shouldn't I have these things? Um, so that's kind of a, you know, a little negative result that the men felt like on their side, that is a little unfair to them. Um, but I just want to throw out some reminders, like while we all enjoy different content on the internet and, um, TV even, and different places that kind of show that perfect couple, uh, plot line, or, you know, even a reality series that they put this kind of thing forward. It's, it's very heavily produced. And I think that's something you have to also remember these, 
these interactions, these pranks, these vacations, these dinners, um, they're all heavily produced and to show you something that they're trying to show you. It's not reality. And um, brings me to my first reminder here. The internet is not real <laughs> across the board, <laughs> couple channels, family channels, um, modeling, you know, acting content, uh, people that are, you know, in healthcare, all the stuff that people post, the internet is not real. It's curated videos and photos of that people want to share to kind of push a message to you. So it's not real. And you kind of have to remember that constantly because you, it makes you feel like over time, even though, you know, it's not real, that it's real, but it's just people putting their best foot forward or people putting out a narrative that they want you to believe, but it's really not real. The internet is not real. <laughs> um, and no relationship is perfect. You know, no matter how often they have a date night, no matter the gifts that they give or the lavish vacations that they have, we hope that they're happy because I'm hoping for happiness for everyone, but nobody is perfect and you can be happy in a relationship and it still not be perfect. Um, so that's another reminder and just don't compare yourself. I mean, you can enjoy the content for what it is, something that's heavily produced to bring you enjoyment and the awes and the feels, but it's, you know, not real. It's not something that you should be comparing your daily life to, because I'm sure if you could see their real daily life, it would look nothing like that. Um, <laughs> so it's just, don't compare yourself. Comparison is the thief of joy. I love that quote. I would have it like tattooed all over my body because I just feel like it's just so true. Comparison is the thief of joy. You will find joy. You will find happiness in your daily life. The little things that happen um, throughout the day. But if you compare it to what everybody else is doing and what they have, it can just steal that right away from you. So don't compare. You're different. Everybody's different. Everybody has their own things. Everybody's special in their own way. You cannot compare what they're doing or what they have to what you're doing and what you have. It's completely two different things, two different journeys, two different walks of life. All right, guys, this is the end of our deep dive. Stay tuned for our outro comments. All right, T-Crew, this is my least favorite part of the podcast where I have to say goodbye to you. Thank you all so much for the likes, the comments, the Instagram interaction, the Facebook comments. Just every time you take a chance to listen to the podcast, share the podcast and get us out there a little bit. I truly, truly appreciate it. As always, arrest the cops to kill Brianna Taylor. We won't rest until she gets the justice that she rightly deserves. Have a beautiful day or night wherever you are. And I love you for listening. Bye.